Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to the Bean for Friday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Thursday. Uh, it's that time of year where uh, women start working for free because of the gender pay gap. Uh, so, Kay Hawksby will celebrate that shortly. Uh, and then we're going to ban things. Oh, we love banning things. We're going to ban boxing, we're going to ban school prize givings, and we're going to ban Jim Acosta. Uh, but before any of that, uh, Manawatu going from strength to strength. How long have you been campaigning for this kind of thing, this money? Well, we're in some ways pretty fortunate that the Provincial Growth Fund came along. This has been about four years in the planning, um, this whole hub in terms of uh, rail, uh, road and air freight. And uh, uh, the Provincial Growth Fund's really made the thing go a little bit faster. Um, it's uh, it's the only place in the country, actually, that will have all three situated right next to each other. Yeah, and it's worth about, what, $40 million? Is that right, that hub alone? Well, well that's the stage one of it, yeah. It's, it's probably about a $200 million build in, in total in total costs, which obviously the majority, if not all, the rest of it will be um, sourced um, commercially. Right, and can you explain what this hub is about? Again, it's basically f- for Kiwi Rail, is it? Yeah, so it's um, Palmerston North is the intersection for east, west, north, south for uh, the main trunk line. So um, it's pretty integral to what they do in terms of uh, moving the freight round. And uh, we're we're currently situated right in the smack bang of uh, Palmerston North City at Tremaine Avenue. Um, has become very congested. So for them to uh, be more efficient and with the uh, strength and, and freight growth. Uh, they saw a need to move the rail, the rail yard. So essentially, that's what it is doing. Wow! So Manawatu, eh? It's going to be the go-to destination, I reckon. I used to live there. I mean, obviously not Palmerston North, really, because I don't, I don't think there's much you can do about Palmerston North. I used to live in Fielding, and Fielding is lovely. Palmerston North, something went wrong here. I don't know what, but uh, so we'll just, we might just leave them out of it, shall we? Uh, now uh, we've left women out of uh, equal pay. I don't know why, and, and now they're working for free. They they're not actually working for free, if you see what I mean. If they were being paid the same, then the money would stop. Oh, because maybe Kate can explain it better. Is all the noise made so far actually making an impact? Is it even making a dent? And where are the men's voices, by the way, on this? Where are the men standing up and fighting to close the pay gap? We almost expect to hear women championing pay equity, but why not the men? What we often hear is the argument that some women maybe don't want to work as many hours as some men, or maybe women want different types of pay deals. But that's not the case for all women. Shouldn't the option be available to those who do want to compete on a level playing field? Personally, at my current time of life, I'd rather have more time with my family, work shorter hours and be part of a socially conscious workplace than go hammer and tong, dollar for dollar, hour by hour against anyone else, be it man or woman. But I appreciate that's not all women. I appreciate that's not all workplaces. And I also appreciate it's time and place. I may not always feel that way. Many women do want to be on boards, be CEOs, work the hours and crucially get the same money as a male counterpart. So why... Is the gap still so wide? Why are we still, despite years of banging on about the same issue, still in the same spot, albeit with the small amounts of small pro- of slow progress? Will we still be sitting here a year from now saying again how we're working for free from now until Christmas? Let's hope not. OK, uh, so maybe it, it's a terrible time to be working for free, of course, and just before Christmas. I wonder if we can move it 
could you work for free for the first one and a half months, January and halfway into February? Or could you just uh, delegate the two, the, the month and a half that you're working for free? Maybe, a, is April a good time? Oh, you're running into Easter issues there, aren't you? There's no time to, there's no good time to be working for free. Uh, now, boxing, should we just ban it all together? It's, people keep dying. So ACC statistics show there's been 13,864 boxing-related injury claims since January 2016. The Medical Association calling for an outright and immediate and total ban on boxing from now ain't happening because the money's already there and there is a, there's issues of freedom, is there not? Well, there is, but it's one of those things where, I mean, the point of the exercise is literally to injure the other person. So you're literally creating ACC claims as a sport. It does seem a bit stupid. Are schools prize-giving stupid, though? Uh, Silverdale Primaries decided not to have one because it's not fair on the kids who don't win anything. Oh, God. So there we go. The school prize-giving is no more. What do you think my reaction was to that, peoples? Because I saw that story today that Silverdale is cancelling their prize giving, and I thought, goodness gracious me. I thought, here you go, here you go, here's my opinion. I thought, fantastic. Praise the Lord, finally a school is bold enough to do it. I have sat through so many prize givings at schools when I've been involved as a student or as someone going along and you know what happens? They reward those, it seems, whose parents are on the board. And those kind of, they reward those kind of boring, obvious, well-behaved children that clearly have no talent. It's the same well kind of scrubbed, well-dressed children every year get the same prizes. They amount to nothing. It's kind of, to me, it's always seemed just to be an exercise in rewarding the establishment and mediocrity. So I think that's a fantastic decision. Anyway, Cameron Lockie, the greatest Lockie since the Lockie from the Wiggles, in fact, the Lockie from the Wiggles isn't so much good, um, he said, and he announced it in the school newsletter, no prior consultation, yada, 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 Um, Mr. Lockie says the decision was based on abundant evidence that awards and other external incentives undermine intrinsic motivation. For the majority of children who don't receive awards, the prize-giving spurs boredom, anger or resentment. Handing out awards at the end of the year prize-giving doesn't align with our school values. That guy, this guy should be the Minister of Education. This is spot on. For the majority of children who don't receive awards, the prize-giving spurs boredom, anger, or resentment. It also shows you the world's rigged against you. Because it's always kind of, there's always the headmaster's prize. Which basically means someone's going to be backhanders to the principal. The whole thing is wrought and a crock. And a crock. That's the best news I've heard. Now, he's right, except for the fact the world is rigged against you. And you should probably find that out earlier rather than later. Um, 
or are we just heading for a world where it isn't rigged against you? Everybody's the same. Nobody's excellence. There's no point in striving for excellence because there's no reward for it. I've got mixed feelings on this because I hate school prize givings. Don't get me wrong about that. But not because of some people winning prizes and some people not winning prizes. It's just because they're so boring and it's usually hot. Can't we have those in the middle of winter? Like the women being paid for free. Can we move the time to that as well? Um, Layden just wants a quick word on uh, CNN uh, reporter Jim Acosta being banned uh, from uh, the White House. Uh, the president, writes Leone, gets to choose who asks the question. He just doesn't need to call on Acosta. Let Acosta sit in the front row stewing and call on every other reporter in the room except him. Simple. Except I don't think it is, you see. Because Jim Acosta is such uh, of such character that he would try and insert himself and he would not stop. He might sit out the first, the first day, possibly even the second one. But by then he, would, um, he, he couldn't contain himself. He would, um, he would even be standing, is, is my suggestion, standing and speaking before any nominee could start their question. And he'd probably start with, why aren't you taking my questions? He is, um, he's a narcissist. Seriously. Yeah, but they all are, aren't they? I mean, anybody probably who's any good at anything is a narcissist, in my experience. I'm just looking around the room. I can see three people and my own reflection. All pretty narcissistic, I reckon. It's the only way you get ahead in this world. Unless you're Marcus, obviously, in which case you just want everybody to be treated the same and have no incentive and no reward and no success. I am Glenn ZB. What a downer way to finish the week of News Talk ZB. I'll um, give myself a couple of uppercuts, as Larry Williams would say, and I'll see you back here again on Monday.